It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Flow Track Podcast, and it is day three of the USATF Outdoor Championships. Here to recap it all, I'm Kevin. He is Gordon. Gordon, good evening, and thank you for once again hosting. Of course. We've had three different pizzas. We had DiGiorno, we had HEB, we had Red Baron, trying them all, enjoying track and field. And uh, another, another great day. Uh, kind of started off with a bang with what Shakari did in the 200 meter prelim, what Sydney obviously did in the 400, some more stuff going on in Kingston, in Jamaica. We had an interesting race in, in the British championships as well, which we'll talk about later on in the pod. I didn't put it in the run of show, but we'll just talk about it. Um, but yeah, overall, another great day of track. Can't excite, excited for tomorrow, uh, when we get into the more finals, but yeah, we should dive right into it. What are we starting with? Yeah, let's start with the women's quarter. I mean, there was awesome races top to bottom. Like every race was interesting today. There was either a upset, uh, an incredible time, or just something bizarre happened in the race that made it compelling to watch. But let's start with the women's 400 meters. And Sydney McLaughlin ran the race that everybody was waiting for in that event. 48.74 takes her PB all the way down from 49.5. To 48.74, just four one hundredths off Sonia Richard Ross's American record, becomes the third American woman in history to run in the 48s and looked dominant, looked smooth, looked like the Sydney who's broken all those world records at Hayward Field in the 400 meters. Um, I, I guess we can't be too surprised based on how good she looked in the semifinals and going back to the, the first round, but. To go all the way from where she was just a couple of weeks ago down to 48.74 is, is impressive, even on the Sydney scale of we, we just can never, can never be surprised by how great she is. That's still pretty uh, surprising how it all came together so perfectly, Gordon. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially when you flash back five weeks ago where she ran her late season – well, not even – she scratches the LA meet, then she runs in Paris and runs a weird split 400. And we're thinking like, what's going on? This doesn't seem like a Sydney who's locked in a typical schedule, but we just had to wait, be a little patient because now that a few weeks have gone by, she has run 4971, 4951, 4979, 4960, and now 48 seconds. It's just... Unreal, 48.74 officially. Wait, that's the time, 48.74. Mm-hmm. It's the number 10 all-time ever, 10th fastest woman to ever run the 400. And in her first season of actually trying in the event, she's already top 10 in the world ever. It's incredible. She was asked a few weeks ago about the world record, and her response was, well, let me just get to 48 seconds first. And I hope this doesn't then just bring on new – questions about the world record because that's still way far out there what this does do 
is it really sets the stage for a great open quarter because the rest of the world has been really good. And I know Paulino's already run under 49 seconds. She can certainly go faster. We saw during the NCAA season what Wilson and Adeleke did. We've seen what Nasser has done. Femke Bowl, if she decides to run the quarter. Sydney is now the clear favorite. That's obvious after tonight. But this is still a stacked event in 2023. And if it's continuing the same pattern that we saw in the hurdles, Gordon, what did she do? She'd run fast at USA's. And then would she slow down for Worlds or Olympics? No, she ran a little bit faster. She gets faster. (laughs) She gets faster. And I think we can expect something similar, especially because she's still relatively new to the event in terms of figuring it out. And I just don't think that her coach, Bobby Kersey, said, hey, July 8th, that's where the apex of our season is going to be. This has always been about doing it in August. But this is a good checkpoint along the way, and she she passed it with flying colors, man. I, I mean, I thought she'd go sub 49. I didn't think 49.7. Really? 49.7 and sub 49 are kind of similar. It's a whole other quarter second, and it takes it from she basically ran. No, it's not a quarter second. It's, like a, it's a fifth of a second. 0.25 seconds is a quarter of a second. You, so she thought she would you, she would run 48.99. I just said she'd get under 49. And that's right around what Paulino had run. So it takes her from being right near where somebody else is to two tenths, an entire two tenths clear from that. I'm just saying, I didn't think I could be surprised. And yet again, the time popped up on the clock. And it wasn't a 50-68 400 hurdle whoa. But yeah. it was still, oh my gosh, look at where she was and look where she is now. To be honest, it wasn't surprising to me. If she ran 48-1 or 48-2, I would be surprised. But 48 <laughs> high, that's what Sydney should be able to do. That's a floor. and I think she's going to run faster. I think she runs at least 48 low if she continues running the 400. She was asked in her press post-race interview about Worlds, 400 hurdles. Obviously, she has to buy in the 400 hurdles. And now she's qualified in the 400. She could win either one. She'll be the favorite in whatever event she chooses. She was asked, which one are you running? And she said she is scratching both. No, I'm kidding. She said, I have no idea. That's what she said. She says, I have no clue. Which, do you think she actually has no idea? Or do you think she just doesn't want to tell us yet? I mean, I don't know Bobby Kersey, but he sounds like a man of mystery based on how other people talk about him. You don't even know the workouts in the middle of the workout. That's what I've heard about Bobby Kersey workouts. He just says, run a 200, run a 100, run a 250. So it's entirely possible that he hasn't revealed the plan. I, she's going to run the quarter. I would, it would be very yeah. surprising at this point if she doesn't run the quarter. We ran through all the scenarios by which we thought the quarter wouldn't happen. Her running 48-74 was not one of the scenarios where she scratches it. It's not that she it's we're not that far away from Budapest and I just don't think you'd want to just, okay, now I'm going to go start doing some hurdle races to tune up. There's technique too to the hurdling. So like, and I know she's, yeah. And I know she said, you know, you can work on both and, and they're they're obviously very related in skill set, but you have to clear 10 barriers and that's going to take at least a little bit of work. I'd say stay locked in on this, get a even faster time, move up even more on the all time list and then set yourself up for the double in uh, Paris. That's what you think at the end of the day? That's the end goal? 
maybe she doesn't run the 400 hurdles at all this year and just saves it for 2024. Yeah. Yes, and that's a total guess. That's not me knowing anything that anybody else doesn't do, but that's been my thought process ever since she ran that first quarter. Also, I mean, we want to see her get tested, right? Because you all, everybody always wants to see great athletes go against other great athletes. She's going to get tested in the open quarter. She'd get tested in the 400 hurdles, but we've already seen what that looks like. We've already seen her battle Femke Bolt. We've already seen her go against the best of all time in that event. Could could they possibly pull off an upset? Well, you never never say never, but it doesn't look likely. Now she's even faster in the quarter. But the 400, we're still going to see a great race. So people should be, even if you're, you were a four-meter hurdle fan, you should be still happy that Sydney's running a race with great competition. One last thing. This is not really related, but I'm just going to say it anyway because this is like a 2025 prediction. But imagine if Sydney, there's a high chance she's going to win Worlds in the Open 400 which would give her a buy to the 400 in 2025. And then right. she decides to, in 2024, win the 400 hurdles diamond league final, mm-hmm. which then will give her mm-hmm. a buy to the 400 hurdles in 2025. So she could go into 2025 with two buys in both events and basically, you know, perfect her double, do the double in 2024 at the Olympic level and then run it back a little bit easier because you want to qualify at USA's for mm. uh, 2025 double. Anyway. File that under chess, not checkers, folks. <laughs> That's what Gordon's playing over here tonight. I also want to give a shout-out credit to Britton Wilson, 49-79, coming back after a tough NCAAs, throwing yourself right back into the mix. Wasn't a PR. That's okay. She made – a world championship team. And then how about Talitha Diggs, Gordon? Runs a PB 49-93. So the U.S. going to send two women. One is run 49-1 this year. The other one's 48-7. And another woman who's who's sub-50. So this 400 is going to be great in Budapest. Oh, yeah. Uh, big kind of way to time her season well for Talitha Diggs. I mean, obviously, she probably won a little bit more at the NCAA level. But for her to still grind through an SEC type schedule and still come out with the sub 50 at USA's maintain, you know, your spot on a USA team, which is hard to do the 400. It is not, it is not nice. Sometimes you can have one great race and you're on the team and then you have one bad year and you may never see it again. And so for her to like respond to last year with back to back making teams, I think sets herself up well for the future. Be like, all right, I now did it back-to-back years. I can constantly be in the top three mix year in and year out to extend a, have a long 400-meter career. Let's move on. Let's go to the men's 1500. Next up, the men's 1500. One of the races we had circled. It was interesting even in the preliminary round when Cooper Tier went out. And we were wondering, hey, Yard Nagus, big favorite. How's he going to play his hand? You thought it would be a 335-ish race. I thought he'd go even faster. He'd go full gas all the way. Ran 334.9. So credit to you for almost nailing the time. And this did not go how I thought it would because I did not have Joe Wascom then passing Garrett Nagoose in the last lap. And then Garrett Nagoose countering the move, regaining the lead and taking it all the way to the tape to win. Wascom set a PR for second. Hawker got the third spot ahead of Prakel, Wynn, and Kessler. This is an exciting one 
this was an exciting men's 1500. I thought Garrett was going to take care of business. I thought a little more experience under his belt this year, he'd be able to manage it. And I think that's what this was. This was a, obviously Garrett is incredibly talented and his PR speaks for itself and better than anybody else in the field. But this was also experience because it takes a little bit of mental strength to get past in that last lap and have a whole field behind you and then not panic, not question yourself. Nagus didn't do any of that, regained his footing, was fine, didn't panic, and then got to the line first. Yeah, and I was kind of surprised. There was a moment where I was like, maybe Nagus is going to fall back to third or something. But he ran that like uh, someone who is clearly a little bit more talented than the rest of the field. Like some mm-hmm. people who have a fast PB. Remember, Nagus, this is his, you know, he made the team in 2021, but last year yeah. had a bad 1500 final. So you, there was a little bit of an unknown. Like maybe Nagus, you know, has a fast time trial time, but, you know, gets back to back poor 1500 meter performances uh finals performances and he thought that could have happened with 200 meters to go when wasco made that big move <laughs> but nagu yeah. stayed calm stayed in position and then just slowly just like nope i am a three sub 330 guy i'm gonna pass you in the final 100 meters mm-hmm. and i am going to show that like i'm not a flash in the pan runner i can make multiple teams and you know, it's more than just winning USA. It's like he is trying to make get a medal at the global level. In the chat, Beef Boy, Gordon was right. Say it. I'll say it. Full credit. Gordon, <laughs> you're right. I bring up all the time when you're wrong. Yeah. And it's often. So I will give it's you often, credit. Pretty often. Well, 334.9 is pretty close to 335. You nailed that one. Hawker had a nice kick at the end. It was the Hawker kick that we saw a couple of years ago. It wasn't going from fifth to first. It was moving up from, you know, fifth or sixth up into, in a third place, but maybe with um, a couple more weeks of training and he can make another step forward and, and get back in the mix. It's just with Ingebrigtsen and how deep the rest of the men's 15 is, it's just so hard to even make that final. Now, news we expect him to, but everybody else, it's going to be a battle just to make that final because of how good the rest of the world is right now in the 15. Yeah, and now there's obviously the standard aspect here. Joe Wascom has a high enough world ranking right now, so he should be fine getting in on world ranking. Again, you have till the end of the month to run the standard, mm-hmm. which I'm sure Wascom and Prakel who are training partners will probably be mm. running for the standard. And there's a little uniqueness where Prakel may think like, Hey, my comp- I need the guy ahead of me to not get the standard, but he's my training partner and I want the standard. So the- I'm sure Andy Powell's going to have to sit down Wascom and Prakel will be like, Hey, Prakel, Wascom gets first in line here with these record, with these. But you think the but, but but you think the ranking work up work ranking, ranking enough, should right? be fine but in a yeah. you know rankings can do weird things change you never know yeah. so this is it is interesting your teammate you and your teammate both don't have the standard and you know right just saying could be interesting another consistent finish for another consistent finish for Prakel. um also want to mention Centro got 10th good interview that's up on the YouTube page in our site now with Centro I mean he's always a good interview. Uh, yeah. particularly 
in in times like this, he always answers questions, I think, thoughtfully. And I think he he had a lot of interesting things to say. And I thought, listen, if you said two months ago, Central was going to get 10th at USA's, a lot of people would have taken that and said, that's ah, a good result. He's running like 407 miles in Australia. How is he going to get to 10th at USA's? So he said he's still going through Paris 2024. I think he's in a much better position than he was two months ago. Still going to be tough to get into top three it's gonna be a- Paris. But you can see it now. You can at least see a path. Like he showed enough here. Like he wasn't – he was back, but he wasn't entirely out of this thing. And to even get through the final, like there were people who didn't even make it to this final. He's in a much better position than he was two months ago. Wouldn't have say yes. three or five right now, but he at least there's a path. The thing is, only three people make the team, and you look at Nagus, like Nagus is making the team. Hawker now is showing like he can make multiple teams. It's going to be Centro fighting for like one spot. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be but you know how it happened. Yeah. There's injuries, there's weird things that happen, people going out yep. early in the, in, in the rounds. And I'm just saying, this is, it's just way different being, in, make, being able to make a final versus showing up to the meet and just not being competitive. And he was competitive. Yeah, he was yeah, competitive. yeah, for sure. All right, you want to move to the women's 1500 now? The women's 1500. Yeah, so this this race was awesome. And it was so exciting having a Thing Mo in there. Just a special guest, a Thing Mo. It was like getting an <laughs> awesome... champion. <laughs> yeah, champion. like an awesome actress or actor to show up on like your favorite television show. That's what this was like, watching a Thing Mo run the 15. And we didn't know... If she'd run the final, we didn't really know what would happen. Remember a couple, two years ago, she had a really good indoor season where she was clicking off this longer stuff. And then she went to Milrose and really stuck her nose in it. And the pace went out crazy fast. Um, and she didn't even end up finishing that race. But I still thought, man, she's in, she's in really good 1500 mile shape. She's going to run something fast. And she just never got a chance to get in the right race. Cause by the time she ran Milrose indoor season's basically over. And then we'd moved on, but it was just cool seeing her in this and then with each passing lap you're just wondering how easy is this for a thing mo just the pace but then you get to the later laps and like all right the pace is easy but but the distance is long we're talking about a 49 second uh 400 meter runner out there and she held it all the way to about 100 or so to go and then there was a a big group behind her with hilts mcgee johnson wiley and it ended up being Hiltz with the big kick, 403.10, and the win. A thing mo 403.44. PBs, how about that? PBs in a Massive PB. final. Yeah, of course. Seven second and then, PB. And then the battle for third and fourth, it was, if you knew that a thing probably isn't going to run the Worlds, it's, it's less consequential. But if you're just looking at top three, we had Sinclair Johnson falling across the line, one one hundred behind Corey McGee, and then Addie Wiley in fifth, 404-25. So I'm guessing Mo will not run the 15 at the World Championships, which would mean Hiltz, McGee, and Johnson is your team. Yeah. I, to be honest, my biggest surprise other than this is Mo actually being in it. I thought that, as we know how Mo is world-class talent, could become one of the greatest 800 meter runners to ever walk this earth mm-hmm. 10 years from now. I still was yet to be told, sold on like she could be competitive with the Hiltzes and the McGee's and the Johnsons of this era. 
because we hadn't really seen it. And so I honestly was kind of shocked. I was like, I thought Mo was going to kind of chill, maybe fight for eighth place, make the final. I had no, there was 0% in my brain that was thinking Mo's going to be in it with a lot, with the, with 100 to go. And you may think, wait, Mo might win this. It would kind of remind me of when Donovan Brazier ran his 334, 335 randomly in a Portland meet. It's like, whoa, mm-hmm, Donovan mm-hmm. Brazier can run the 15. This is wild. Now that I see Mo do this, if you give Mo a whole year of training in the 1500, she's going to be a sub four 1500 meter runner and she'll be able to run in the 350s, I think. Like, this is just raw talent running 403 in a kickers type race. I mean, I don't think it's. I think what helped. Yeah. So I think what helped Mo was the, the splits weren't too crazy off the yeah. bat. That's and it. then, like the middle lap, 67, 67. I think if it was either really quick off the top or, I mean, super duper slow. I don't think anybody's going to do the super duper slow stuff with, with her in there. Although I don't even know how the other competitors viewed her because did they think, hey, that's a spot that's not going to be taken up. Let's like not even worry about it. But I just, yeah. it ended up being in a, in a good spot where it's just like, all right, I can get into a rhythm. I can start running 67s and then I can try to just hang on and close as opposed to there being a bunch of surges and being some stuff that just an 800 meter runner or an 800 slash 400 meter runner isn't as familiar with as someone who's run a bunch of 1500s in championships or has run a bunch of 1500s in Europe and is just used to that level of uh, level of racing, that style of racing, I should say. But how about Hills with the close? Yeah. Mike Smith, 2-0 and now. Woody Kincaid wins the 10K. Nikki Hiltz here wins the women's 1500. Hilts can kick. Now, the question is, can Hilts run with the Ethiopians and the Kenyans and, and kick in a 350-ish race, like a 358 to 353 race, which is what you're going to need to do to, to medal? Mm-hmm. There's no – Faith Kugagan has this race on lock. The question is, is there an opportunity right, right. for Hilts with this kick – Sneak into a silver or to a bronze or to a fourth place finish. It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, that's because good. Uh, yeah. The kick on yeah. 403 is, you know, how does that translate to 350, 357 kicking? But hey, Corey McGee and Sinclair Johnson, they make finals, right? Then Corey McGee made right. the final. And right, yeah, yeah. No, that's a know. good point. That's a good point. And this is, a, this is a team that can have three to the final. And you're right, the top end. And I, I thought about that time when we're talking about most potential in the event because you're saying, you know, Bobby Kirsty had all those quotes and everybody was reading what they wanted to out of those quotes. But one of the things is there's just a huge difference between being three. Where are you at in the three fifties? Cause there's, there's a woman, well, there's someone now in the three forty nine, but the three fifty nine is, is something entirely different than what is taking place right now in the yeah. women's 1500, which is yeah, not just one person, but a lot of people capable of running that. And we should mention Kenya just announced their team recently. It's Kip Yegon in the 15-5 double, which I absolutely love. And I hope Safan Hassan runs the five. So now we have those two linking up again. Before it was Hassan going down into Kip Yegon's territory. Now it's Kip Yegon going up a little bit, although Safan Hassan's also a marathoner. I digress. Just something that's fun that I've been watching. Let's move now to the women's high hurdles, which is a real close battle. We knew this was going to be a 
tight race. It's so deep. All of the big names pretty much made the final. There wasn't any huge upsets in the semis. The 100 meter hurdles. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that what I said? Just for our producer, high hurdles. That name might, is not. Yeah, Tom's name. cooking over there, man. I'm just helping Tom out. Tom probably didn't know high hurdle. Let Tom cook. I got the okay, I okay, got the okay. list off right here. He's all he's all good. Um, so <laughs> Nia Ali, uh, previous world champion, gets it done. That's so awesome. Twelve thirty seven. Kenny Harrison twelve forty two, and then the battle for that final spot. Masai Russell so close. over Alicia Johnson. Russell gets it from the inside. She was in two. Johnson was in three by point zero zero. Two seconds. They're both were at 1246. Tia Jones 1250. This race was just tight across the board and and it, it lived up to the billing of man, this is wild. I don't know anybody who can break to correct top three, and it's gonna be close. That, those are the things we knew about it, and that's what happened. Yeah. Kind of there there's there's a lot of depth in the women's hunter hurdles. We're seeing it here. You you could, I could have seen Johnson, Jones, or Marshall, or Armstrong. Fourth through seventh, I could have seen winning this race. And when you yeah. think the fourth through seventh runners you think could win, shows that it's deep. It's going to be a good team. All three of these women will make the final, I think, at Worlds if things go as planned. And Nia Ali, Nia Ali you know, making a comeback. She, I think uh, she, she won in 2019. And then mm-hmm. 2020, 2021, 2022, not really as much in the mix. And now U.S. champion again. And if you're a U.S. champion, yes, there's Jasmine Camacho Quinn out there and Toby Amason out there. But if you're a U.S. champion, you can medal at Worlds. And for Niali to do it from 2019 to 2023, potentially, would be a pretty impressive feat. Very impressive feat. Very impressive feat. Sure. Very, Let's talk. Pretty. Very. Yeah, let's let's go to the let's stay on people jumping over stuff. Let's go women's steeplechase. Women's steeplechase now. Ooh. I mean, both these steeples were a lot of fun. So Emma Coburn comes in with a 10 meet win streak, US titles dating back 2013. Um, I guess 2012. Gets upset. Chrissy Gear gets a win. And if I told you at the beginning of the year. Emma Coburn's not going to win it. You would have said Courtney Frerichs. And if I told you yesterday, Emma Coburn's not going to win it, you probably would have said Courtney Wayman. But it ended up being Chrissy Gear, the one to break the streak and did it with a, a close. I saw on the post-race interview on the broadcast, Coburn was very upfront about, man, my mistake. I should have pushed harder with two to go because she knows that Chrissy can, can close that well. And she just hung around. She was behind Wayman as well and then went past Weymouth and then ultimately Coburn off the last barrier. 912, 81, that's a PB for her. Coburn, 913, and then Weymouth, 914. That's your squad. I should also mention Frerichs, who hit a barrier in the semis, didn't start this race. So the team's gonna be Gear, Coburn, and Weymouth. Oh, and Chrissy Gear was 11 second PR? 11 second PR? Is that right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Chrissy Gear. Furman awesome. to Arkansas at Furman, primarily focused on the steeplechase at Arkansas, primarily focused on the 1500. Remember her going up against Caitlin Tui in that epic four by 15 at Penn Relays. So she was like 
she knew the steeple, but then she kind of abandoned it for a year for like two to three years. And then now that she's decided to re go back into the steeple world, she's the one to break Emma Coburn's streak. And I don't think we understand the like craziness of this streak. Emma Coburn won 10 steeplechases in a row, 10 U.S. Mm-hmm. steeplechases in a row. And she was probably the favorite to win the 11th. And I don't think anyone on their bingo card almost had Chrissy Gear almost did it. Being the yeah, almost got 11th. Had Chrissy Gear being the one to snap that streak. It's an unreal achievement for Coburn. So we got to give that greatness some respect, but also an unreal achievement for Gear to be the one to snap that streak because you're not snapping it with Coburn being like, you know, on the downswing. She's still, you know, she was yeah, almost fast. going to win. Sure. And so for yeah. Gear to be. Yeah. A, a, a former steepler to then a current steepler and then break Coburn's uh, streak. Very impressive all around. Men's steeple. This is high drama. Kenneth Rooks falls, uh, I guess, two laps into the race. He said the runner in front of him, stutter step, kind of threw off his rhythm, ended up going over it with his hands and then fell, and then people were jumping over him. But... He got right back with the group. Like if you look at the splits on here, he lost seven spots from 400 to 800 and he ran a 70.9 for that lap. Now these are steeple splits. So everybody else ran a 77, but then he immediately switched into 77s. And then by the fourth or fifth lap or so, they had slowed down with some, you know, 78 or 79. He kept going with the 77s. And then was right there and had the most left at the end, which you would not think would be the case when someone was literally on the track a few uh, laps previous. 816, 78, Keeter, and then Updike 2 and 3. Furlick was there too. There was just so much movement too in that last um, 200 meters. It was four guys clear away for uh, three spots, and it ends up going to Rooks with the with – a, just a a comeback for the ages. So much fun. Yeah. Be, look at 100-meter splits. He basically had a 20.58 second 100-meter split at the 800-meter mark compared to the 17 okay. to 16 range for all the other 100-meter splits. So you lost like so three lost seconds about, over 100 yeah. meters. Yeah. But, but anybody who's fallen in a race knows that it's not just about the time you lose. There's a psychological toll – that that takes, yeah. there's the, the energy that you have to expend to get, and then you have to question yourself. Okay. They always say, don't get it back all at once. Don't get it back all at once. But you see the entire race, you see your chance to make a U.S. team because he was one of the guys who could do it. You see that drifting away and he clawed it back and he clawed it back and then he got in there. And I, he went 200 to go and the broadcaster, oh my gosh, Rooks is back in. Rooks is making a move. I thought, yeah, okay. But they're going to have another gear here. Like Keter's going to turn it up a little bit more. Updike's going to turn it up a little bit more. Furlick's going to turn it up a little bit more. And he says he's not going to. Rooks won't have that probably because he spent that he spent that energy uh, back on the second lap. But he had it. <laughs> he had what I thought everybody else would have. And BYU NCAA champion and now the U.S. champion going to going to Worlds. Yeah. Well, not a hundred percent officially going to Worlds. Well, I, I guess. I, yeah. See, no one has the stupid. So no one has the standard. Uh, or some people do, but the Kenneth Rooks uh, world ranking is very high. So even if he doesn't chase, get the time, he should get in it comfortably with his world ranking. Wait, say that again. 
Like Kenneth Brooks will be has in. a really good world ranking, so he yeah. should get in no matter what. Only what about what about Keter? Only like fourteen people have the standard. So and it's a field of thirty six that go. So majority of the people don't have the standard. He'll What's get the in standard? Eight fourteen. Eight fifteen. Eight fourteen. Eight fifteen. That's fast, man. Eight fifteen. Yeah, but currently he is like he's there. He's fine. He's fine. He he's ranked twenty seventh when it comes to world ranking. All right, All right Gordon so, says he's fine, so we will believe Gordon. I it's just such a cooler story if I'm able to say. And then he races his way out of the team, and then you have to come in and be like parentheses, but maybe not officially yet, Kevin, because charts and graphs and numbers. And, charts yeah, and graphs and numbers. I get it, but it's frustrating. Yeah, it's frustrating. Men's 400. Let's talk about the men's 400, which came right after Sydney's run. Bryce Deadman felt good about him coming in. Thought he was under the radar just because he ran a fast time at a lower profile meet, but wins it. Gets a PB too, 44-22. Norwood makes his first individual team, 44-39. Quincy Hall right there, 44-41. Justin Robinson almost, almost, almost runs 44-47. But he'll be in the relay pool along with Willie, the main 4x4 relay pool, we're assuming, uh, with Robinson, Willie, and Bowling, who went 4-5-6 in this race. But Bryce Denman, uh, 400-meter champion. Also, we should mention Michael Norman's on this team. If he wants the spot because he has a bye, he scratched out of the first round of the 200 after not making out of the first round of the – hundred. So not really sure what, what we're going to get out of Michael Norman the rest of the season, but U.S. at the very least will send Deadman Norwood and Hall. The three pros go one, two, three, and then the five collegiates finish fourth through eighth. Uh, yeah. So there's a little bit of normalcy there, right? It makes sense that the pros should be faster than the college kids. doesn't always happen um, mm-hmm. in a lot of events. But for here, Deadman, Norwood, and Hall. Hall, man, having the transition from 400 hurdling to four, open 400 – he uh, f- made the move, and it was a good move. It worked out. Yeah. You know, sometimes people make moves to different events. It doesn't always work out, and it worked out for s- some of these event- athletes. Like It worked out for Hall, gets third. worked out for bowling. He makes the relay team. Um, it's, it worked out for Sydney and Britain. They go 1-2 in the 400 instead of in the 400 mm. hurdles. So mm-hmm. these people moving events is uh, working out. Yeah. A thing Mo, it worked out for a thing Mo. It's fine on yourself. Or you, could, yeah. or you could just say talent. You could just say talent travels. Worked out for Chrissy Gear, going from 1500 to the steeple. You know, mm-hmm. people moving events and it's working. All right. Let's talk prelims. So that's mostly men's and women's 200. So let's start with the women's. Yeah, 400 hurdles and men. 400 hurdles, we're not going to talk about nothing. Chalk. Nothing it was all chalk. all chalk. Chalk. Okay. Yeah. Chalk, chalk, chalk across the board. We'll, we'll break those down. Let's talk about tomorrow. the men's 110 first. Men's 110 meter hurdles. Sure. Uh, sure. I think, you know, Holloway and Tinch and Roberts all look good. I think the big weird thing coming out of here was Devin Allen was yeah. the 14th qualifier out of 16. He did say in his post race interview that he injured his calf after New York. Uh, mm-hmm. the New York Grand Prix meet, and he's kind of been nursing that, hasn't been able to train as much. So he's trying to take it easy on that. He mentioned, like, he has training camp. Like, he's 
he needs to be healthy for training camp because he needs to make the Eagles roster. Roster. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, there may be a situation here where Devin Allen might not be a 13-0 guy in these in these next two rounds tomorrow and opens up a spot for Tinch, Roberts, and whoever that third guy is going to be to join Holloway. I mean, Britt uh, ran 13-20 here. Eric Edwards, Trey Cunningham had the season's best. So uh, Devin Allen not being 100% does kind of change the dynamics of the final, which will happen tomorrow. I feel really good about Roberts. I feel really good about Tinch. Holloway obviously already is the buy, so it doesn't really matter. I think it's just it's going to be open for that one spot. It is interesting. Cunningham, thirteen thirty seasons best after how fast he ran last year. I mean, if he got if he can get going, he'd be right up there with Roberts and and Tinch. But as is, yeah, you got to have Britt in there. You got to be talking about Edwards, Freddie Crittenden, Robert Dunning won his heat. He won heat four. So I think there's going to be. I mean that 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 final could be okay. We we feel good about Tinch and Roberts, and then it's going to be a blanket finish for that final spot. And Tinch, he did the long jump today. <laughs> he jumped eight meters in the long jump today. Got fifth. It's awesome. Now, when I see someone who <coughs> could win a U.S. title in the high hurdles and then gets fifth in the long jump, I immediately think: Is this person in the top ten of collegiate athletes? And just, no, I just, I definitely don't think, you know, he's going to qualify. There's definitely 10 people better. There's got to be a longer list. Also, Gordon, I want you to weigh in. You have some media criticism on the Grant Holloway interview. You're very upset about this. You're sitting right next to me. And you're the, listen, you're, you've been around Grant Holloway a lot. Like you are to Grant Holloway, or at one point you were to Grant Holloway, what Brian Windhorst uh, was to LeBron James. You didn't move to Gainesville. But you had a lot of Grant Holloway coverage, let's just say. You knew everything that was going on with Grant. What was your issue with the interview? Five to seven minute interview, great. They're asking Grant about emojis and what's on his bracelets. They asked him about the Jamaican guys, which I thought was fun. They asked him about the Good Japanese questions. athletes. Good questions. They asked yeah. him about the world competition. Great questions. But they didn't ask him a simple question. Are you running tomorrow? Are you running the final? <laughs> they didn't. That's like not... Because he didn't do it last year. Are we just assuming he's gone? We could have gotten a simple answer. Are you on the final? And he would have been like, he would have been like, you'll find. He's, he would have he answered. He would, he would like, not have. Out. He would not have given a simple answer, though. I know. But we could have Grant at least got a soundbite. No, I think you should have asked. You're right. You should have asked. But hey, they did ask a lot of other good questions. Maybe somebody already thought someone else had asked it. Sometimes that happens. But that was the media critique uh, minute with Gordon Mack. Yeah. Sponsored by nobody. 200. And I'll close it out. 200. Women's 200. Well, the Shakira men's, Richardson. men's 200, nothing happened. Everyone got through. Why Bunch you of guys keep... scratched. Are you trying to do a little like cliffhanger situation here? Well, I'm just saying, yeah. Well, like Knighton, Curly, King, Coleman. Robert Gregory had the fastest time running 25. I thought it was interesting that Christian Coleman decided to run the 200. We'll see if he actually runs yeah. through it. Uh, but with uh, no Norman, no Laird, no Bowling, no Charleston, it looks like it's going to be a Coleman versus Curley versus Knighton versus Ben Eric, and then maybe a college kid. So we'll see. Anyway, to the women's 200, which was the story of the meet potentially. Not really, but it was pretty what? damn interesting. 
If it was the story of the meat and we're talking to it at minute 44, we've done a, a bad job. It was a it was a, a very interesting story. I don't think it's the story of the, the meat or the story of the day. But Richardson runs 2161 in heat number two, by far the fastest time. The wind was plus 2.6. So over the allowable wind. But she took this very seriously. She ran hard. You thought about the last five or 10 meters, she started to slow a bit. Is that right? From your vantage point? Yeah, she she shut it down like 15 meters ago. Maybe 20. Yeah. But but it's just it's just interesting. And this is the situation we thought might happen. Hey, she wins the hundred, she's feeling good. Is she gonna roll that into the two? And it looks like she is. I mean, there's no guarantee that you know who's gonna start in these races, you never know. But we have an awesome 200 brewing now with her, with Gabby Thomas, with Abby Steiner, Tamara Clark, who ran 2205. She actually finished ahead of Steiner in her heat. So this is going to be a really good final and potentially a really fast final. It is funny, though. You look at these results for the win. It went 1.1, 2.6, 0.2, and then 2.0 even. Like Tony Chateri won the fourth heat, 2.0 even so it only ended it ended up being the only heat that had illegal wind but i mean that was the best 200 i've seen her run it's the best 200 we've seen a lot of people run like yeah. it tied yeah. i mean again it is windy but it's only windy by 0.6 yeah. but gabby thomas's uh second all-time record second all-time performance in u.s history was 2161 at the trials yeah. so it tied yeah. Gabby Thomas is smart. Again, Gabby's time was legal. This was isn't yeah, so. Yeah. You assume maybe she's more of a 21-6 high or 21-7 low. But still, if she carries doing that with shutting it down and we give her a legal win, she will run in the 21-5s. All in the game says that 21-61, 2.6 converts to a 21-80 in 0.0. Find out tomorrow. We'll get to see tomorrow. We don't need to guess about this we can watch it tomorrow even if the wind is illegal it's just having her in the same race with thomas and with steiner and with clark it'll give you a good idea of where she measures up and we should also mention while we're talking about the 200 that somebody made their season debut today shelly took fraser price seven months maybe a few more if you count the months in 2022, but it took many months, but we finally saw Shelly and Fraser price run in Jamaica and she ran the fastest time in the prelims. 22 was it 22, three or 22, four. I forget. It's 22. God dang it. I remembered. That's probably Gordon. I don't drive me right now. We prepare, we do all of our research and then I don't even remember what she ran. She ran, 22, 3, 22, 39. So that was close. 24, 22, 3, 22, 39, uh, 0.7 wind. She wins her heat. That's a good performance, in my opinion, especially as a rust buster. And it makes yeah. me think that Shelly Ann will be in decent shape for what? Decent in her terms of decent. Decent for her is like 10, 8, 10, 7 shape. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to worlds. Because if you run 22, 3, that should be fine. And uh, we'll see if she, you know, how she does tomorrow in the Jamaican final. Uh, but it does make me get then excited. It's like, I need to see Shelly run 100. 
now that she's run, let's yeah, uh, let's 100%. get her out into some of those diamond leagues or continental tours. Run a hundred so we can see where you're at to go up against Shikari, Sharika, and Tulu and um, Alfred. If she's if she goes out tomorrow, let's just say she runs twenty one nine. Twenty one nine, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Just just say just say for example, but if she, if she puts out a not an all time time for her, but like a very good time. Then you're thinking, man, her starting later on in the season, that could actually be a benefit when it comes time for, for Budapest. Not that, you know, she gets to pick and choose her races as I'm, and I'm sure she would have liked to race earlier if she could have, but it just, you're going to have the race count low and some people are going to wear out at the latter part of the season. And maybe she's running, running fresh later on in the season. Cause she's not running as much. Great to see her out there. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for that final model too. Yeah. Anything else? No, I think that's it. I mean, we got, we got the last day tomorrow. That's another, is that another 11 PM start on the live show? I think it is. Oh, 10 PM. Oh no. 10 PM. 10. Okay, cool. Another 10. Good. Cause I was, about to say you might need to find a replacement. So we're going to have the men's and women's 200, the men's high hurdles, the women's and men's eights, the formula hurdles, both the 5,000s. Man, there's a lot. Tomorrow's show might be Okay, let's do this. Let's end the podcast with us doing rapid first place predictions for all the all of the uh, track events. Um, we'll go back first. Men's 200. Who's winning? Knighton. Knighton, I agree. Women's 200. Richardson. I agree. Men's 110 hurdles. Tinch. I agree. Women's eight. Ajay. I'm going. Rogers. Men's eight. Hopple. I'm going Sumner. Guy just signs a deal with Adidas. <laughs> It's feeling good. Love it. Love it. Why not? Love it. Love the pick. But I do think the team is going to be Hopple, Murphy, and Harris, but I'm picking Subner to win. I don't know how that's <laughs> going to work out in my brain. Wow. Hedge, hedge, hedge. I'm hedging. So pick Subner, but the team I'm picking is Hopple, Murphy, Harris, which means Subner wouldn't win, but Subner. All right. Women's 400 hurdles. Then it's easy. It's Women's easy. 400 hurdles? Uh, yeah. Well, mm. Dilla, Muhammad. Shamir's got a chance. Are you picking her? No, you're not. No, I'm going to go Muhammad. Don't pretend Muhammad. you're picking her. You're picking Muhammad. I'm just saying. All right. I'm saying uh, it's not. Men's 400 hurdles. Benjamin. Rye Benjamin. Yes. Who did say in, um, they had like a weird like track warm up interview where he didn't really know yeah. what to do with his legs or hands because he's like trying to have an in- you don't really have an interview while warming up it was interesting well they wanted him to warm uh, up though that's what was funny they wanted him to warm up but he didn't know how to do it he was like act natural <laughs> act natural yeah, yeah that was good uh but you mentioned how his dad thinks he's a 200 meter guy and he said yeah. that he would consider maybe he said don't be surprised if i if i do the 200 in 2025 which was like ooh, okay right benjamin okay, 200 meter get- I don't want to get sidetracked, but I don't want to get sidetracked. But what about the four hundred? I know, right? Pretty, pretty good. He should. All right, keep going. He should keep going. Right, Is that okay. it? Uh, women's five k. Women's five k. 
Revenge of Monson. Alicia Monson. I'm going Josette Andrews. Men's Not 5K. Cranny, huh? no, no cranny no. pick there. No, no cranny. Men's 5K. Men's 5,000. Woody Kincaid. Yeah. Heavily influenced by the 10,000 with that pick. But what about Cooper Tier, man? I'm going Kincaid. Yeah, I'll go Kincaid. Who, who's your team now for the, for the 5K? After watching the 10K? Man, who's your team? It's for changed the so much. Well, I want to stick with Nur. I think Nur is going to be on it. I think I had I had, Nur, I had Nur, Kincaid, and Fisher, I think. So I'll just. But does Fisher, like. Yeah, I'm going to go Nur, Kincaid, and Tier. I think, listen. I think I think Grant Fisher didn't make the team in part because of a tactical error. So I think that's correctable. That wasn't fitness. Okay. That was a tactical was issue. Okay. So I'll, I'll stick with – I think Fisher's going to make the team. Okay. I'm doing Kincaid, Nur, and Tier. All right, that's it. Anything else? Did we miss anything? Should you look at the chat? Hello, chat. No, I've been looking at it the whole time. Someone said hi in the beginning. I didn't want to stop hi. the show to say hello back. But I, I see it. I see – I see the chats. Um, someone says the camera on Sid when her brother was racing was something else. Yeah, Taylor McLaughlin, last spot in the, in the four hurdles. That was pretty cool. Um, Donovan says, uh, congrats to Kent Brooks for an insanely cool race. Agreed. That was an awesome race. Uh, DC Noel, agree with Gordon on Raven. There we go. That's one of those where you've picked it. He, but he picks everybody in the race by the end of this thing. But he's like... <laughs> Two month out predictions. This is one week prediction. Is this and his ranking says that. The one prediction though that I've been holding on to, that I made last year, around this time, was that Kenny B was going to win the world two hundred meters. That was the one big prediction that Kenny B would win the world two hundred meters. Yeah. Uh, Oh, a B boy says Shawnee ran. Did they have Tathlon in the Bahamas, which was awesome. yeah, maybe we could talk about that on, on uh, tomorrow's show or maybe Wednesday. Yeah, we'll probably say that for Wednesday's show. There's so much other yeah. stuff going on. There was a wild so like, track. men's 100 at the British Champs like in a yeah. monsoon I, with zero like, wins. I get it. No sense. I get it. I get it, Britain. You guys are tough. Like you're a hearty bunch. It's like pouring buckets. And they're just like, let's shoot the gun and have them run the 100 now. It made for epic images. It was such yeah. a cool picture. But I just thought, man... Who's, whose decision was this to run this race? Um, oh, Sarah has a question. Sorry, joining late, but how much faster do you both predict Sid to go for the 400 flat? Okay, Sarah, if you're still there, I have a follow-up question to your question, which will help me answer. Are you talking about this year or the rest of her career? Let's do this year. We don't have time for talking about 2027. Come on. This year. No, we have time. I would, Sarah will hopefully respond. Uh, Andy Reid says, did you guys talk about the rains in London? Yeah, absolutely. Um, We literally just mentioned it. DC, no, I know it's a little delayed. DC, no, my media critique, Sid's brother got hammered on the broadcast, but the dude hit the 10th hurdle really hard and lost all this momentum. He didn't just coast in for fun. This was obvious. I thought, yeah, also too, he, they, it made it seem like he wasn't in, but he did have the last spot. That stuff's hard. I mean, as someone who's called races, not at that level. Some of that stuff's just bang, bang, and you're looking over here and looking over there. But, yeah, he, he got in and uh, is the last qualifier in. Sarah says this year. This year. How much 40, faster do you think she goes this year? 47.99. Okay, that's faster than I thought you were going to say. 
4799 all the way down yeah, there. It's, it's, it's more fun to say that number than 4812. <laughs> Man, you took so my why prediction. Not just go 13 okay. cents faster. So I can't I can't say 4812. I am going to say I'm going to go 484. No. That's oh, weak. 484. Come on. Sydney, she ran 50 seconds. Yeah. In a 400 hurdle last year. I'm going to I'm gonna go down she to just started. I she's think she'll still, run. She's still early in her season. Your prediction. Can I have okay, my prediction? You had your prediction. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Uh, right, I'll right. go. I'll go. I think she's. Let's say she equals Miller Wavels. So I'll go forty-eight thirty-six. That's still knocking four tenths of a second off of a a four hundred. Um, she remember she ran these four hundreds back to back to back. So there was zero rest day. She's gonna have a rest day at Worlds. Chris asks, is a thing the favorite now in the 800? I think yeah. she was the favorite before. The, I'm not going to say because she ran. The 1500 was awesome and it shows her range. But I think she's more the favorite because Mora beat Hodgkinson and then Mo looked good in her debut in New York. But I still think it's really close between her and, and Keeley. But she is the favorite for me. Uh, top three for the 200. I'm just doing questions now. Sorry. This I mean, is fun. Shikari, Gabby, I'm, I'm, I'm having a good time. Shakari, Gabby, Abby. Shakari. Well, what about the men? The men we're going with Chalk, Knighton, Benaric, Knighton, Curly. Benaric, Curly, yeah. All in the game says Perex 4825 is the standard. That's what he's talking about for, for Sid. Uh, um, yeah. Kenny I mean, B yeah, did mention that he was hurt. So that's why he hasn't run much. So, but he's yeah. still going to win Worlds. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out. We appreciate it. We'll be back with one more USA show, again, 10 p.m. Central Time on Sunday. Check out the uh, FlowTrack YouTube page. Tons of interviews there. Also on the site, there's even more interviews. Can't get enough of the interviews. Shout out to producer Tom for taking care of us this evening, and we will talk to you guys on Sunday. Peace.